Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now we are recording. <sighs> That's how I feel today. It is Sunday. Nope, it's Monday. <laughs> but it's my Sunday. <laughs> That's right, it's Jenna's Sunday. It's Monday for everyone else, but it felt like Sunday a little bit to me, obviously. This is, uh, we are doing a bonus episode for part one of the um i I'm, i don't have i used i kept when we did the episode i kept the pronunciation of how to say that mata viajitas oh, i think yeah. that's how you say it um i don't have it in front of me right now so part one was really the lookup list and i can't remember so how. that was all the one that i did and then uh-huh. the other one you had to kind of revamp a bit yeah yeah okay yeah so we have a couple of uh, questions. I think all of these are actually most of, no. So we have some from the lookup list and some from the first part of the episode, I think. And then mm. the part two, unless you're on Patreon, if you're on Patreon, I put out the whole entire episode. But if you're not, then part two comes out tomorrow. Um, this will come out tonight with no editing. So be kind and gentle and understanding that me and Jenna went to Mount Lemon yesterday. Is that what they're being kind and understanding about? <laughs> no. I being, got the wind knocked out of me, essentially. Uh, yeah. They're being kind and understanding that I'm not editing this and we're both, well, I will speak for myself. I'm exhausted. I'm super, super tired. I feel tired. Yeah. Not because of Mount Lemon, just, uh, yeah. just life. Yeah. Life. But it was like, it was a, so Mount Lemon's like, what, a 45 minute drive? Yeah. I'd say an hour and five mm. from like here this From, part of town right so like to get to the base of mount lemon 20 minutes and then 40, and then up yeah. yeah so we it was um they're doing oktoberfest on mount lemon every weekend until halloween and so we went up for that but then we actually realized we have no interest in the oktoberfest because it was pretty much just like german beer and bratwursts um but jenna suggested we ride the ski lift just you know you can ride it just for fun now where there's no snow um, and I'd never been on it. So wait, you had been on it. Yes. I had been on it. You'd never been on a ski lift period. Ski yeah. or not. So right. that's pretty interesting. Yeah. It, it was, was scary. It was cooler and scarier than I remembered when I was on it. Like this one eight years ago, let's say. Before we went, before we left, remember you were like, you're not scared of heights. Right. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. No, but that, and I don't, I don't think I'm scared of heights, but I felt a little scared of heights when we were up there in the wind, in the windy, windy, windiness. Well, and when it would pause. <sighs> and that's something I'm going to bring up at some point on the next lookup list. That's a good one. That, but remember what I said about, I think there is something there. I won't go into it. Wait. Every time we went by the, the, oh. the, the tower that was, you know, the, part of the, the structure. Right. That was that basically the wire that the seats were hanging mm-hmm. off of went through. That's when you felt more nervous, and I did as well. And mm-hmm. something about 
humans and machines, period. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to it. And then I want to know if, if there is something behind that, you know, if a machine, I don't know, a car, a roller coaster, a ski lift, a, an elevator, a machine that you basically are either inside of or on, if it pauses, even just, you know, a, a subway, if it pauses, even just for a slight few seconds or certainly for a few minutes, you, everyone's natural, I th- I would assume everyone's natural interest, instinct is to be like, oh my God, what's wrong? Unless they go on, let's say, at least I know like New York subway, unless you're on it frequently. So you get accustomed to every once in a while or every right. other ride, I think it, it's going to pause or the lights are going to flicker. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah. Yeah, because the ski lift paused a few times and it paused when we were coming down, which was way scarier. And there was a lot of wind and I was instantly like, oh my God, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. What's happening? But overall, it was really cool. We got a ton of videos and pictures that yeah, I'm going to post. We had a, I had a very fun time. Um, and then we came back to uh, Jenna's home and Michael made meatball subs yep which you did not eat i I did not eat they were good i'm not eating um well i'm i don't know what i'm not not i'm not not eating anything i'm just you're watching what you eat i'm what thank you thank you yes i am and i'm exercising more than ever and i'm feeling very tired so also we played code names if Mm. any listeners know about code names (sighs) such a fun game there you go yeah it's a great it's a great I don't even know how to describe it. It's like kind of like a card game, but not really. It's like a clue card game, team game. It's a it's a brain game. Yeah, it's sure. a brain game. Yeah, and it's it's fun. It's it's a great adult game that's uh, like makes your brain work harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we played code names. Yeah, and it was kind of a late night, and so all of that is to say, good night. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and. Before we do our, our few little lookups here, I think I've said this for like a month now, so it's going to it's gonna be like the boy who cried wolf, but I have not checked. I haven't even opened. We have so many DMs. Not so many, but we do. We have a lot of DMs um, and Facebook messages and I think even some Patreon like email messages, and I have not opened them. And then obviously not responded. And I feel terrible because I really try to stay up on that. But between trying to work out and just life and, you know, I, I just haven't. So you'll get to them. I will. A hundred percent. My goal is to pick a day this week where I'm going to literally go through everything, respond to everyone. So if I have ignored you, it's not personal. Well, it's not active ignoring. It's just haven't landed there yet. Right. Because I, I don't want to just open it and give a response and then again and then I don't. You know what I mean? I or wanna... open it and not have time to give a, exactly. the time and that's, thoughtfulness to the response. Yeah, That's why I don't even open them because I, yeah, exactly. I want to be able to give the thoughtfulness to the response. So I'm going to do my best to, because I love getting them. Uh, so please don't stop sending messages, but I will, I will get to them this week. That is what I'm saying. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> with that response or just in general <laughs> just in general but like I, I also think maybe some people don't give a shit like they sent a message they're not sitting at home like why hasn't Margot or Jenna written back well, to I me I don't think they are no definitely not but so if they're but 
But if they're if anyone is aware of it, there's there's my explanation slash excuse slash promise for the week. Well, now you better follow. Up. I know. Follow up. Um, all right, let's talk about a few things. I like all of these questions today. I picked four from Jenna. You had a lot on that list. I know. I felt like I did. I had it was almost double sided. Yeah, you had a lot written down. I only picked four for today because you're tired. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And but this is just the part one, so we'll do a part oh, two. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So one question is: we talked about criminologists in the episode, and so the question is: what does a criminologist do that a police officer or detective doesn't? Mm. And basically, just what is a criminologist? Because I thought I knew. Did you think you knew, or you knew you didn't know? <laughs> I think I knew. I didn't know okay. like I mean sure I could guess but yeah I, I don't know no I thought a criminologist was like a CSI like a crime like scene investigator doing fingerprint yeah. dusting for fingerprints or blood yeah it's DNAs not. yeah is it okay criminologist now I'm starting to think like the science behind well that could be what we just said okay what yeah, is you're it? going in the right direction well, ologist that's right that's what I what made me think like there's something more like yep it's all sounds scientific but something there so yep. tell me like sociologists biologists yeah. meteorologists mm-hmm. they study the weather they study human patterns a sociologist they you know what i mean so a criminologist um is collect and analyze qualitative qualitative and quantitative data surrounding crime Ultimately, providing insights and solutions to prevent crime in certain communities or just understand the nature of crime in certain areas. They take a hard look at um, offenders. They identify like, like the criminals. Like patterns. There. Yeah. And they and specific criminals and then try to develop patterns. So they'll look at a right. specific criminal or murderer or thief or whatever and identi- like look at their situations along with their motives, along with how society has impacted them, generational changes. And they'll ta- then also tap into ethics and investigate why people commit crimes. Oh, that that's they interesting. Do. Yeah, it's it's so criminology is the study of crime and criminal behavior, informed by the principles of sociology mm-hmm. and other non legal fields, including psychology. Psychology. Yeah, you know? I was gonna say that has to be one of them. Psychology, economics, statistics, and anthropology. Right, so. because, and this is probably like the most base level of any patterns that they can. Um, develop or or notice but socioeconomic status Mm -hmm. or cultural ethnic background like Mm -hmm. even just those basic things yeah yeah interesting yeah super interesting I mean that all makes sense because you were right you're on the right track when you said ologist and that never registered for me so but so now this explanation makes sense and it sounds like a fascinating job so and they're not the ones doing no the investigating of the DNA that potentially yeah there it is okay yeah got it no not at all um okay so while we're on this let's let's keep going so uh how do murder investigations in the United States differ uh, from those in Mexico and that's a pretty broad question it sure is yeah so I'm obviously not going to be able to explain it as as you know as detailed as you as I could because we we don't want to be here forever and ever um, but I'm going to give you an overview so 
and realistically, so murder investigations in the U.S. and Mexico differ because of the legal system. So it's not just like how they investigate it. It, it really is just based on the legal system mainly and law enforcement practices, resources, cultural norms. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. How much money yeah. they get. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, but in the U.S., the legal system follows common law principles there's a big emphasis on due process the right to legal representation and the presumption of innocence in the u.s um and the investigation is done by law enforcement agencies and the evidence gets presented i mean like you know we all know i'm saying things that we all know um but just to then con contrast it with mexico follows a civil law system where the legal process is based on codes and statutes the criminal justice system is uh, undergoing reforms to enhance due process and trials but challenges related to corruption and delays continue to persist Mm. so there's a ton of corruption and um there's I think they're trying to reform it because I believe as of now there's no jury system and I think we talked about that in the episode like it's just in front of a judge and the judge decides but really the media and the public decide sure right um oh yeah because and actually i won't say this because i'm not sure if it comes i think it comes in part two so never mind um oh yeah good point damn okay because i think i that's That's fine fine. you didn't give anything what i was about to say was a part of potentially part two gotcha um so resources in the united states obviously not obviously, I guess. I don't know why I always say that. It's not obvious. But the United States has more resources, more specialized units, and advanced forensic technologies for investigating murders. Um, and there's often a cooperation and coordination between federal, state, and local agencies. That's pretty common here. Uh, this was interesting. And now this is literally as I'm reading this, giving me another lookup list question. But the United States has about 18,000 law enforcement agencies, including local, state, and federal police forces. 18,000. So does that mean like every police unit? Wait, that's countrywide? Yeah, that, that seems small, right? Yes, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I, I literally just have that fact. Say that Say that again, 18,000 what? Law Ex- enforcement agencies, including local, state, and federal police. Well, those are agencies. Those aren't agents individual people right but even for the yeah if, if you're counting every police station in the united states like yeah that is you know low yeah. seems low uh, I mean. and uh but so I was, that just made me think of that fact because i was saying that there's a lot of coordination and in murder investigations between the federal like the fbi the local police department you know the csi i don't think that falls into any <clears throat> i think that falls into police but um, in Mexico, they have limited resources, tons of corruption, and there's a lot of uh, coordination issues between federal and local law enforcement. Like they mm. don't work together well like they do here mm-hmm. or like they tend to do here. Um, again, advanced forensic technology, DNA analysis, ballistics, fingerprints are all used here in the U.S. Uh, it varies in Mexico across regions. Some areas have very limited access to forensic technology and um, some have more so I mean you, some places may not even be able to do DNA right like again about the resources and the yeah. availability of the individuals in the mm-hmm. force not the force but yeah yeah the force uh, cultural and social factors this seems like a real big one um, it, your social cultural and historical factors influence how people in the U.S 
perceive crime, the perception of crime and law enforcement and, and, and the criminal justice system and all of that. And in Mexico, it's less about how, like how we perceive police or how we perceive the legal system in Mexico. It's more about the influence of drug cartels and organized crime. Mm. It's a significant role in murder investigations because so many murders are from the cartel that it can go both ways. Either police officers like don't really investigate that heavily, especially if the police officer is corrupt and working with the cartel like or if they assume i imagine at times it's maybe not assumed that's probably the wrong word but no, like i think it is they the chalk right it up yep. to yep like if they have other pressing things like mm-hmm. maybe if it seems like there could be a cartel connection it's mm-hmm. like okay that's what it was done deal close the book i think that happens a lot yeah. uh the next one that i have is organized crime and drug cartels So it says organized crime obviously exists in the U.S., but it's not as prevalent or dominant in the murder investigations as it is in Mexico. Um, Organized crime, drug cartels, and gang-related violence are significant challenges to murder investigations because it it puts police officers in complex and dangerous situations. You know, if you are investigating a murder that is done by the cartel, then you're putting yourself in danger. That's it. That's where you know? I, I couldn't like really form where my brain was going. But I was thinking like, yeah, maybe there's some fear based stuff. Totally. totally. Or protection stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like if you if you go too deep and it's the cartel and they don't like that, like it's even uh, if the one person you're investigating is associated with the cartel is dead, has right. been murdered. You know, there's many, many more, more behind them. Yeah, I would. I really want to do like a series of episodes on the cartel it's maybe a little gruesome but it's it is well, fascinating more, to me like it's a big part of it the wait Southwest. more gruesome just in terms of like the things they yeah. do the murders, the murders they commit they, yeah um and the last one i have for this for big differences is transnational challenges so due to its border with mexico the u.s deals with transnational crime issues including drug trafficking human trafficking and illegal arms trading um and so the the u.s and mexico like the U.S. has to be willing to coordinate and collaborate with Mexican authorities, um, and vice ber- and vice versa. Obviously, it's, that's the same in Mexico because there is so much over the border crime that can relate to the murders. The Mexican authorities have to be willing to work with the U.S. And I think that in general, neither are thrilled about working with either. Not all the time, but often. Yeah, I have no idea. And also, my first thought was. Uh... Well, I guess I can only speak for where I live and the big wall that's between us. Mm-hmm. Like our people, uh, the officers from Sonora, like, oh, let's coordinate with the, you know, <laughs> yeah, let's Sonora, co- Arizona. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. definitely not. I don't think so. So that's a very um, like general well, overview. That's a gist. But that's the gist. And I, you know, I would. Those be- are potential factors that right. influence things. Yeah. Right. So um, maybe we'll get into it a little bit more in the next look up. I'll go a little bit deeper than that. Um, and this one, let's see, I have two more. Uh, so volcanoes in Mexico city. I actually don't remember talking about that. I must have mentioned, but why did we sense of place? Yeah. I think I must've mentioned that in the sense of place. Um, so what I found is that, uh, Mexico city is not typically associated with active volcanoes within the actual city, but it is located within a region with significant volcanic activity. Uh, it's it's situated in the Valley of Mexico, which is surrounded by mountains and volcanoes. Um, Active volcanoes. 
Huh. So Popocatepetl is currently active after being dormant for about half of the last century. Uh, activity increased in 1991, and since then, since 1993, you can see smoke continuously coming out of the volcano. Ooh. Yeah, super scary. It's the second highest peak in Mexico. It's uh, 17,000 feet above sea level. Um, It's about 40 miles southeast of Mexico City, so it's pretty close. And it's considered to be one of the most dangerous volcanoes in the world due to how close it is to Mexico City and that it is active. Um, I wonder when it last erupted, like erupted, erupted. So it has experienced numerous eruptions in the past, but the most recent significant eruptive activity has occurred in the past few years. I don't have a year for whatever reason, but yeah. yeah. Um, There's Hmm. another uh, active volcano located near there. It's uh, also 17,000 feet. Oh, no, it's not active. It's dormant. It's part of the Trans-Mexican Volcanic Belt. Where the, So there's uh, several. Um, there's another one uh, that is considered dormant, but I, I, that's something I'd be interested to know. Like, how do you officially call a volcano dormant? You know what I mean? Like, how do you know? I bet it's in how many years it hasn't erupted. Mm. Uh, I wish I had a pen and paper, which it's probably good I don't right here, but <laughs> I'm going to look it up. But I just looked up this Popo... Catapeti? Catapetil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Petal. Oh, yeah. That's There's an L. an L, I think. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Also, both of us are pronouncing <laughs> it wrong, so it's fine. Um, the This says that the last time, after lying inactive for more than 70 years, it erupted in December 94, 1994. And then volcanic activity recurred October and March of 96, as well as December 2000. 2000. Yeah. So Where? 23 years ago? It's not that. I mean, is that 2000, 23 years ago? Okay, but let's take the main eruption, 94. That was about to be 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, That's, what was your question? Like, how do yeah. you, how can you officially call a volcano dormant? Dormant, dormant. Having trouble pronouncing that word, and it's very easy. Um, okay. Volcanologists use that term dormant mm-hmm. as shorthand for a potentially active. What? So a dormant volcano is one that is not erupting now, but that is considered to be active because it could erupt in the future. Oh, then why do they just call it active and not dormant? What's the difference between an active volcano? I know. But- <laughs> See, we're going. A dormant volcano would then be one that hasn't, oh, like a true dormant one. Oh my God. That. A dormant volcano would be one that hasn't erupted in the past 10,000 years, but which is expected to erupt again. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my god! So, like, volcanoes, whatever. <laughs> you know, that's what I say. Okay. Volcanoes, whatever. No. We should title it that. Volcanoes, whatever. Whatever. Jeez. <laughs> um, 10,000 years. Wow. There's So, they've implemented in Mexico City um, monitoring and preparedness measures to respond to potential volcanic eruptions, which includes early warning systems, evacuation plans, and public education. I mean, like, what's what's the plan? Get out. Like, get away. Yeah, but, the, <laughs> like, I'm sure it's, like, um, well, where there's places with tornadoes or where, like, tsunamis. I was in a tsunami spot, mm-hmm. which I hadn't seen before. Maybe my eyes were just closed. Yeah, that was in Costa in Rica. In Costa Rica. Um, so they issue, you know, 
there's going to be this kind of siren going on. Right. You know, yeah. Like, we used to have tornado sirens in Atlanta. Like they would go off every Wednesday well, they, practice. Oh, we didn't have that. But you remember in Chicago or outside of Chicago where mm-hmm. the tornado warning mm-hmm. or tornado drill. Yes. In I school. I definitely remember those. Go by your locker, put your hands behind your neck. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then get all swooped away in a uh, tornado <laughs> yeah, in so, a volcano. It's like so pointless. Yeah, I know. Never understood that. Uh, Still did it's your it. best case chance, I guess. I guess. Away from windows. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is the point, but yeah. still. Tornado rips through the school. It doesn't matter if you're by a window or sitting in the hallway or inside of your locker. You're still screwed. That's right. Um, all right. Last one is Arepa. Arepa versus uh, Papusa. Oh, yeah. Which are both two types of food. And I've had both, but they seem almost the same to me. So I think I said that. And I, I incorrectly tried to remember where each of these originated. And I was wrong now that I've found it. So an Arepa. And I'm perhaps saying that incorrectly. No, I think you're saying it correctly. Okay. Correctly enough for a white White person. Yeah. White person. Uh, So they are a staple food in Colombia and Venezuela with roots in indigenous cultures. They're made from pre-cooked cornmeal, water, and salt. The dough is shaped into a flat round patty, and then you can either grill, bake, or fry it. They're usually thicker than pupusas, and they have a crispy exterior and a soft doughy inferior and they can be filled with cheese ham eggs avocado um, any kind of filling you want but they're often served split open and filled um, with those cheese eggs ham avocado for breakfast or lunch nice yeah Um, papusa is a traditional dish from el salvador an integral part of salvadoran cuisine they're made from um, masa harina which I know I've heard before. It's a dough made from ground corn. Well, that's what's in a tamale. Okay. That's right. So, or, you know, that's a part of a tamale. Right. Yeah. So it's made from um, from that water and salt. So similar. And the dough is filled with a variety of ingredients such as cheese, beans, meat, or a combination. Papooses are typically thinner than arepas and have a thicker, more substantial filling. Um, Papooses are typically served with cor- curtido a pickled cabbage slaw and tomato salsa. Yum. I'm so hungry right now. Okay, papusa. Mm-hmm. Look one thing up for me if you have your computer. I do. I mean, I see it, so I know you do if you're <laughs> willing to access it. Papusa. So that's the masa based thing. Mm-hmm. Papusa versus tamale or compared oh. to tamale. And maybe it's very different. I know tamales from Mexico, but tamale is masa with traditionally mm-hmm. meat. Very traditionally, I think, an olive in there. But anyways, tell me. Um, tell me. A tamale is a traditional Mexican dish made of masa uh-huh. um, and typically filled with either meat or vegetables. Yum. Papusa is a Salvadorian flatbread that is also made of masa and filled with either cheese, beans, both, or meat. So Different fillings, perhaps. Different fillings. But also maybe like the masa is... Well, it's used differently. Because used differently. the masa is used in a tamale, isn't it, in the inside? Well, it it's... Here's the outside, the corn husk, right. then the masa, and then inside is the filling. Now, right. the pupusa sounds like it's all kind of mixed together. I'm going to show you. No, I'm going to oh, show yeah. you. Um, that's what I should have done. i show you an image of a... So a pupusa literally looks like a pita. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But you can put stuff inside of it. Right. And an arepa... I mean, this is what I picture both of them to look like, and they Got both it. essentially look like this. Okay, and now, yeah, and, and I can see that it yep. looks very different than It that. does. 
It looks like a little but log. It's but all kind of similar. It's it's some type of corn dough. I know a tamale isn't dough. Well, no, it's fine though. Yeah, it makes some type of corn-based dough or whatever that is filled with different things. Which I mean, that's kind of all of them, and I want them so bad. I'm so hungry right now. (laughs) I want all of it right now. Yeah. Oh, tomato salsa. That sounds so good. I mean, that's isn't most. Well, I guess sometimes it's tomatillo-based, not just tomato. Red salsas always tomato-based. Yeah, you're right. I guess I was picturing more like, um, like. Italian, like a, yeah, kind of like uh, big chunks of tomato and olive oil, and that's yeah, your Italianness like, yeah, is pi- coming out. I'm picturing like a like a bruschetta topping, kind of yeah, just tomato different tomato salsa, which is definitely not yeah, that's different. Um, our we got a Hello Fresh box today, and one of them is called it's a clever name I can't remember now, but it's essentially like called the Gouda Burger. I think that's what it is called, the Gouda Burger. Like is that the a good clever? Burger. Oh yeah, I would <laughs> see that would have totally. I'm all that's a cool name. It's just descriptive, but I get it now. Um, and it's a goo, it's like a burger with gouda in it or on it. I don't know. And uh, and a tomato onion jam they call it, which, which yum. I don't like the jam indicates sweet to me, but I know it's not. Or maybe right. it has like a base sweetness. But when you say the good burger, yeah, good burger. What are you thinking about? Because I'm thinking about something. Wasn't that something on like Nickelodeon? Yeah, okay, yeah. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? Kenan yeah. Keenan and Kel. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think it was. I think it was. Also, too. when you said the cheese, the gouda is either in it or on it, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, unless it's like in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds me of you ever heard, you've heard of like a Juicy Lucy where you put no. cheddar in, you like take a, you make your own patty and then you like, I don't know how you do it. Because I've never done it, but you like make a little <laughs> hole in there. Oh, so it's like in the middle, like a molten yeah. lava cake, but with cheese. Yeah. Yum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like that. Mm-hmm. See, I would I would rather have the Gouda melted on top of the burger mm-hmm. rather than just like cut into chunks and, and mixed into the meat, you know? Yeah, no. Or I would like like a little lava explosion right. of you cheese in the middle. Have a space for the cheese, not yes. just like it's a, not just a flavoring. It's not yes. just like oregano. Exactly. Yeah. The gouda deserves its own space yeah. on the burger. <sighs> well, with that, I think folks, a good... she's going to go eat her gouda burger <laughs> or good oh, gouda burger. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I, uh, gouda burger. Anyways, I'm excited to try it and the other hello front the other meals look okay. Not as good as the gouda burger, so we'll see. This is not an ad either. But also, we do ads for HelloFresh. We we have, yeah. But they're not gonna one. like that you said. Like, well, the other ones just look okay. Well, that's, it doesn't I mean, matter. They don't listen. Yeah, HelloFresh is not listening to this. Damn it! <laughs> if you are, I really love it, and I'll take some free boxes. Otherwise, it's out of the realm of what I'm willing to pay for. But that's because my bank account's low. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's good. That was a good good explanation. Thank you. And uh, that's it. So. Uh, wow, I got tongue-tied there. Um, episode part two of the Mata Viajitas um, will come out tomorrow. This so that'll come. be 41, right? Because, yep. Yep. Yeah, will be 41. And this will come out very right shortly. Right now. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to end it and I'm going to put it right up with no editing. So enjoy it. And we love you all and hug your loved ones. And we'll talk to you soon. Eat a hamburger. (laughs) Bye. Bye bye.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.